Bonjour. Bonjour. Ça va? Ça va bien. Et tu? Ah. Oui, ça va bien, monsieur. <laughs> That's about it for oh, French okay, for me. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad because I was worried that we were going to have to carry on for a bit there. That's. Uh, I mean, I did. No. I did do a little French, but <laughs> oh, I, did I, you? I, yeah, but I would have been. Oh, bumble- I, I would have been bumbling if I'd carried on like some idiot. So that's. I'll good. be pigeon pigeon French will be coming out of my mouth to be honest. So so yeah, let's stop there. There, shall we? Yeah, I think we should. I think the only film I've seen since we last spoke apart from obviously the films we're reviewing, is All Quiet on the Western Front. Okay. Which is an, on Netflix, mm-hmm. only out this week, just gone, which is a pretty harrowing war drama. It is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great, but it's pretty intense. Right. It tells the story from the German perspective through the eyes of uh, a young soldier. Um, as I say, it, it, is, it is amazing visually, uh, but it's quite harrowing at the same time. But that's about it, I think. Good. Sorry. I have to say, my mum was probably trying to call me as you spoke then. So <laughs> it may get a ringtone in the background there. <laughs> I don't think we... I, we I, let's, let's assume we didn't hear it because I didn't We didn't hear, hear it. it. The listeners didn't hear it either, no. okay? Well, there you go. <laughs> we'll leave that one. She may ring back again because I put her on uh, on hold. So apologies, mum, <laughs> for that if one. She, if she calls back, can we get her on? We can try. If we you can want. see what she's been watching Hello. in the last week. <laughs> We've been watching. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I see you're sat at a table. I know. With boxes. I know. I mean, I was hoping that I have got Wi-Fi, but it's gone down in the last three days. So I'm on this kind of secondary Wi-Fi, which mm-hmm. hopefully will hold up. But if there is any breakup audio-wise in this but it's not too bad, then just apologies. Hopefully my broadband will be sorted soon enough. Mm, good. Yeah, what have I been watching? I've watched um, Karate Kid 2 and one sort of chilled out, uh, I think it was a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, and they've been showing Karate Kid 3, which I noticed uh, yesterday. I think it might be on Channel 5, so it's probably on demand there if you want to watch those. Uh, it's the older ones with uh um oh ralph macho is it macho that sounds ralph something yeah and the then guy, uh, the, but... the, he's like the peter pan isn't he he's the guy that just always looks like he's 16 years old he 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 does he probably doesn't now though i hope he doesn't look 16 years old when he's about 50 i'll probably know <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh bullet train as well i hadn't seen it at the cinema and do you know what i ha- i know it's had mixed reviews i loved it <laughs> It was really funny, really good. And uh, it's with Brad Pitt, Joey King, uh, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, which you may remember from Kick-Ass. And it's even got Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum in it and as as sort of comedic roles. And I guess on the other way, flip way around, The Lost City, Brad joined them. So I think they must be be pals. And they said, I'll do your film if you do mine kind of scenario. Uh, But yeah, mixed reviews, but... It's it's about five assassins on a fast-moving bullet train in Japan, um, all with uh, connected but also disjointed objectives, really. Uh, and I love how innovative it, those bullet trains are. They've even got, like, a kids' section in, in the train, which was quite cool. And and poor mascot that was in that area really got it, didn't he, uh, or she, on the train. But I can tell it's a John Wick, Deadpool director, David Leach. 
it's great just elevated stunts and violence really that's it really i haven't really watched it much else well i thought i i I'd enjoy it as well i mean brad pitt these days he's, he's got such charisma hasn't he that he can just be brad pitt it was so kind of nudge nudge wink wink to the camera and yeah. it was just him like having lots of fun wasn't it and and yes yeah, yeah. i thought aaron taylor johnson was brilliant in it i thought he was the best kind of character those two that double act tangerine and lemon they were called weren't they the kind of yes. co- cockney gangsters <laughs> on the train yeah. i thought they were absolutely fantastic they're really good. My mother's just tried to ring me now on my mobile phone, which I'm sorry. She's not going to give up. She's not going to give up. I have now texted her to say, sorry, but I'm recording. Right. Okay. Well, should we crack on with the quiz? <gasps> the quiz. The quiz. Of quiz. Go on okay. then. You're going to, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm a bit worried actually. Well, Go on. It's the, because we're reviewing Black Panther Wakanda forever. Yeah. Yeah. I thought would go for a Marvel quiz. Do you know what? As I've written that down. I bet it's Marvel. There we go. There we go. Marvel's, but I'm going to be useless at this. Go on, go, go for it. Well, I mean, I came up with, I mean, I found all these questions. I don't think I would have known half the answers. Okay, here we go. Okay, go on. What was the name of Chadwick mm. Boseman's character in Black Panther? Oh. <laughs> His name was, and I've actually read it down. No, you can't. You can't. Yes, you I can't. can't. You can't look. I can. You can't, you I can. can't look so at what you've written. That's not. Yes, a, I can. That's cheating. That's like you. Oh, I've got it written down somewhere. I'll go and have a look. You can't do that. T'Challa. Give you that. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking if you got that wrong, it would be amusing. Given like we're going to be talking about that. Like, Anyway, I okay. nearly got it wrong. All right, T'Challa. It was Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, that as well. Okay. Go on, go on. Number two, who has the ability to calm the Hulk down in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Um, oh, Scarlett Johansson's character was the name. Uh, Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, which movie kicked off the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Iron Man? Oh, no, Captain America. Captain America. Okay. Well, what was the first movie that was released that kicked off the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Put it that way. What, like from years and years ago? Anything well, Marvel. So when I say which movie kicked it off, I mean the first one that was released, like like that kicked off the whole thing. I'm not, I'm, the, the, two, the two answers you just gave there... You, if it depends on the new stuff or whether it's the old stuff, because always you could have. Okay, here we go. Spider Man. You could have Spider Man, couldn't you? Okay, I've got two questions here. Questions go on, then. three and four. Go, so, go. what I'm going to do is yeah. I'm going to give you both questions. Uh huh. So, the question number three was which movie kicked off the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Question number four mm-hmm. which Marvel Cinematic Cinematic Universe movie would be first if you watch them in chronological order? So there's two. I would different say answers. Captain America. I think is the first one in the chronological order. Correct. Then but the it, movie that actually kicked it all off. Oh, but but then this, but right. There's this is the odd, oddity because Spider Man isn't really Marvel, is it? Was Spider Man Marvel or not? Uh, oh, I'm gonna I, go. All right, I'll go for Iron Man. 
You got it right. Well done. Well done. Well done. <laughs> okay, so this is for five out of five. I can't oh, wow. believe it. I yeah. Nick Fury mm-hmm. wears an eye patch. Yeah. But over which eye? It'll be his right eye. His left eye. Oh no. <laughs> Are you sure? Well, I, that's what it says. Oh. I mean, like, I don't know. I have a quick look at Nick Fury. I'm going to notice on, on, that now. On Google. Yeah, to see whether they flipped the, uh, this, you know, the um, shot. Right. Well, <laughs> so I've got four out of five. Okay. Five is pretty damn good. I mean, were the questions, do you think? They those, were good. So yeah, they were good. good they were challenging enough. I probably wouldn't have got the first one if I hadn't written, <laughs> written it down. <laughs> So, well, so, yeah, you go. You see, there's no way I, I wouldn't have even got the first one. T'Challa, yeah. Um, okay, so shall we just go, go into Wakanda up? then? Should we go into Wakanda forever? Yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll give it my best go at just setting this up. <laughs> um, so this is yeah, Black Panda, Wakanda forever. Two hours forty one, folks. Um, directed by Ryan Coogler, who also co-wrote it, and it stars Letitia Wright, Angela Bassett, Teno Cueto, Lupita Nyong'o, and Martin Freeman. So we kick off with T'Challa, T'Challa, who has died of a disease that his sister Shuri was trying to prevent by coming up with a cure, this kind of heart-shaped herb, which she's trying desperately to do at a very critical moment. And so basically, at the very beginning of the film, T'Challa does pass away. And then we go forward one year later, and Wakanda is under pressure from the global community to share their vibranium. And... We've got Queen Ramonda who turns up at one of these kind of global NATO-like summits, is questioned as to why they're not willing to share the vibranium. And it's very much, well, we don't believe in using it to potentially start wars, which is what she thinks would happen. Ramonda has implored Shuri to carry on her research on this heart-shaped herb so she can create the next Black Panther. But Shuri is just very much, she's so distraught at the loss of her brother that she just refuses to go into it any further. She almost gives up. And, you know, Black Panther is like a figure of the past for her. So one year later, the CIA are using a new vibranium detecting machine on expeditions in the ocean to try and find vibranium deposits. And in doing so... They come under attack by these blue-skinned, water-breathing people led by their leader, Namor. But after this attack happens and they kill everyone on this oil rig-type facility, the CIA believe it's Wakanda, because obviously they've refused, really, to share the vibranium. Namor goes to Queen Ramanda and Shuri, easily bypassing all of their security. He just kind of rocks up in the water, blames Wakanda for this whole vibe 
brain and race and, and gives them an ultimatum, which is basically find me the scientist responsible for creating this detecting machine, which is being used everywhere, or he's going to attack Wakanda. And Shuri and Okoye then go off to Boston and with the help of their kind of ally, the CIA agent Everett K. Ross, played by Martin Freeman, they go off to try and find the scientist. Ends up being this teenage MIT student called Riri. But the plan goes completely wrong. The Mort warriors turn up. They kidnap both Shuri and Riri. And Okoye has to go back to Queen Ramonda, who strips Okoye of her duties and tracks down Nakaya who has been living in Haiti since we last saw her, brings her back into the fold. This is uh, obviously Nakai, who was the partner of Black Panther in the previous film, brings her back into the fold reluctantly because she wants to use her skills to track down this underwater empire called Talokan, where Namari's people live and where Shuri is being held hostage and rescue her. In doing so... She manages to rescue Shuri, but starts an all-out war as a result between Namari and Wakanda. And I'll kind of leave it at that. What did you think? What did I think? Um, I mean, firstly, this is the 30th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So go. did you know that I as well? And I think I thought it was good. I, I mean, I like I love the fact that they, it was a celebration. It was um, Doom as well. And I think the director really put a lot of um, soul into this movie. Uh, you saw lots of instances of that as well with Shuri, especially at the end as well on the beach, um, remembering her brother. It was a celebration of the former Black Panther, um, played by Chadwick Boseman, of course, which apparently he signed up for a five-picture deal and this would have been his last one. So he actually kind of did feature in it. He did feature in it, but it was obviously previous footage. Uh, but going forward, we'll, we'll probably won't see Chadwick Boseman in any Black Panthers uh, going forward. Uh, the director he didn't want to play anyone else to play T'Challa. He was absolutely gutted as well when um, Chadwick Boseman died and just didn't see that anyone else could could play that part. Um, however, there have been reports that his brother, he feels that he Chadwick would have wanted it to continue. But, you know, it's Black Panther now is a female Black Panther, which is was great. I think it's a very, very inclusive, this whole film, in fact. Very strong leading lady. Plus also, there's a lot of women in this that are very powerful performances, especially from Angela Bassett, who plays uh, Queen Mamonda, and Danai Gagura, who is, you know, is the female strong warrior in this as well. And all the warriors are all female, aren't they? Uh, the, all, the, all the protectors of Wakanda are majoritively female. So I think we found our kind of equivalent Marvel Aquaman. However, is he good or is he bad? That's the question. And we still don't know no more. And he leads this beautiful world in, in Talakana. And it's just beautiful. It reminded me a little bit of, I don't know whether you've seen the cartoon, The Deep. There's a cartoon series called The Deep. And there's a, it ended on this city world in the water. That was quite beautiful, but also it reminded me slightly of Avatar as well. Some of these characters with, you know, the blueness and, and just a different kind of world, really. And they were pretty strong as well, very powerful. But I, <laughs> way through the film, I was kind of wondering how, 
are they doing these scenes underwater and speaking underwater and things like that? And I cannot find for Toffee any footage that shows how they made these scenes. And what is interesting, however, is that the director and also um, the person that played Namor could not swim before this film started. So they had to learn how to swim as well. So as I can imagine there must have been days and days of being in the pool on this film because there was a lot of footage underwater. But there were also, when they were talking, I can imagine that was CG'd, no doubt. I don't know. Well, I actually thought Namor, he had some quite high trunks on, I thought. Normally, like, superheroes or whatever, villains in these, they're normally quite ripped. He didn't really look ripped. normal, yeah, he was normal. normal, But he's, and he looked quite cool, but I thought his trunks looked a bit silly. They expect to be little speedos or something. They were just really high. (laughs) I just thought thought he looked quite strange when he walked out of the sea. Maybe he should have had a big shell or something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> shells covering him up no okay so he might have been on um, ropes basically because he did have these wings on his you know his ankles didn't he yeah he did he had little so maybe he didn't need to swim away. he just flew more than anything so. <laughs> uh but uh yeah I, mean, I have i looked him up actually i hasn't done many um english u.s movies he's he's mexican I've done a lot of spanish movies so and another person we were missing in this film was danny kalua he apparently turned, he couldn't do this film because he was a nope. He was concentrating on nope instead. So we missed ah. uh, Wakabi is his role. Yeah, and he, yeah. um, he, he was missing in this. And maybe we might see him in another role. You would have thought so because he seemed to play quite an important character in that first film. Yeah. There was so almost maybe some... it'll be another film going yeah, forward. Maybe yeah, maybe he'll like, yeah, he'll be unearthed and he'll, he's got to be part of some, some other st- storyline in the next one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I love the music as well. I, I know that on uh, BBC One, they've been they've been featuring all the the music, very much black artists uh, singing as well. So you've got Stormzy, you've got Rihanna, you've got many other artists. And, and I'm probably not down with the kids, so I don't know all of them, but really strong music in this film. And I just think there's just a bit of heart in this film. More than so than you see maybe in some of the others. All right, you saw it in, a bit in Black Panther, the first one, but I think this one you also see much more heart because of that loss and how to deal with that loss as well. And yeah, I found that really strong. And having just you know just lost my father as well, it kind of had a bit of a connection there also. And my the person I was watching it with the Harlands, and my my friend had lost her mum a while ago as well. So it was you know we kind of reflected on a bit on this film. So yeah, it was quite moving in places. Anyway, I'm not going to go over too much on the storyline. I th- I thought it was um, on occasions that it was a little bit slow. They're trying to bring in this new character and and also this new tribe. Let's call it. So there was a lot of background story to that. And some of it was a little bit slow. And that might be why you may have found it a bit long, because I think you mentioned two, two hours 45 or two hours 40 was was quite a long film for you. But I, I found it quite moving, quite a nice steady pace. But there was occasion where it was a little bit slow. Have you got any other thoughts on us? Uh, I thought it was quite interesting. And I don't know if it's purely coincidental. It probably is. But I thought with what's going on in the world today, like internationally, I thought there was some of this that almost rung quite true, as in like people accusing other people of provoking wars or provoking each other. And I just found it quite interesting, that particular aspect. I thought it was almost quite close to the bone in some ways. Mm. Thank God it ended on a diplomatic note, shall we say. Yeah. Um, 
And the other thing for me was, yeah, this is how I feel about a lot of the Marvel films, to be honest. I, I think they work best when the personal stories behind the characters come to the fore. And you're yeah. right, those scenes where Shuri in particular is really struggling to deal with the death of a family member. And it's almost like you, there, there are moments when you feel like you're not watching a Marvel superhero film. Mm. It's just, mm. it's actually kind of boils down to these, these heartfelt emotions and, and grieving. And, and I thought that's where it worked best. I think there were two or three scenes which worked really, really well. You mentioned the one at the end uh, being one of those. So that's when I thought it really played to its strengths like all these Marvel films, as I say, I, I become less interested with the inevitable bangy, smashy war type kind of scenes. We've seen so much of it. I, I find it very difficult to get particularly interested in superheroes of any kind kind of fighting each other. I mean, they were it was impressive. And I do like the way that a lot of the fights involve tribal warfare, if you like with spears and stuff and all that kind of, I mean, that that makes it slightly different, obviously, but ultimately I was less interested in that. And yeah, I did thought it plodded. The the part when Shuri's kidnapped and Shuri is almost forced to try and see the world from the point of view of Namora, and they almost become allies in a way for a short period of time before things kind of go south and we're learning more about their underwater world and we're delving more into his backstory i kind of felt that was the bit where it kind of plodded a bit so i think it you know i know marvel films tend to be long but i know and i know but two hours, i don't think it needed to be two hours 40 i think a lot of that could be trimmed down and i think it would have made for a, a better film the performances are really strong and again it's a, it's a trait of marvel isn't it that they put really good actors into I mean Angela Bassett's very good and obviously we've seen Lupita Nyong'o in 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 various roles now over the years she's fantastic and Atisha Wright Shuri it was great to see her play a more prominent role um yes so yeah I mean I, I I enjoyed it I've got to be honest I enjoyed it more than I thought I would and there were moments in there that were genuinely touching that maybe yeah. I wasn't actually expecting so so yeah, I mean, I would yeah. give it a. Um, I would probably give it somewhere between a six and a half and a seven. Ooh, okay. Maybe like six point eight. I don't know. I just kind of think giving it seven might be a bit too much, but giving it six and a half probably feels a bit harsh. So mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I don't know if I have to do this. Okay, I'll go six point seven five. In, in the middle there. Okay, and Letitia, um, she's um, she's British. Did you know that she used to? She her first job was in Holby City, oh. the, the, the actress that played Suri. So, um, yeah, so she's come a long way. And I think the first breakout of British TV and movies was uh, was the Black Panther, the first one. Oh, so, I just actually, so... Before, so before we, before we, I did want to mention the character from Baku, who's yeah. like one of the, you know, the tribal members in Wakanda. He's great in so much as he, he brings the comedic element Yes, it, I he think does. for me he's just yeah. a really cool fun you know friendly kind of character so I think it's actually important that that there is a character like that in there because it just I mean I know they scatter humor in there everywhere Marvel but I thought he was fantastic every time he came on you're almost expecting some kind of mm. he was just a really warm character I just really liked him. Yeah, and it yeah it was the same fun. in the first one as well yeah no exactly and and I have to say, I, I was really quite impressed with the special effects. I thought they were brilliant. It's a family film, 
I know it's probably a 12 plus, isn't it? But it is a family film. I watched it with my boys at the cinema and they absolutely loved it. So I'm going to give it slightly higher than you because I quite enjoyed it really. Um, and just, just for the, there is a storyline to it, which is great. Whereas some things like Black Adam, when, which is, um, I know it's DC. So this film's so much better than Black Adam. Uh, so much better. And, I think I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. Do you know what? Complete sorry. opposite. Complete no, no, opposite. No, but I'm, going to, I'm actually sorry. I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to change my mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to. No, I'm going to give it seven. I'm going to give it seven. All right. But but, okay. but nine. Fair play. That's okay. Yeah. You like. You really liked it. That's cool. Yeah, I did. I really loved the first and um, the black first Black Panther. I thought it was brilliant and what it gave to um, the black community as well. I think it's got a lot, and this is now giving a lot to the black community and also for women as well, this film. It represents a lot. So that's why I'm going to give it the high score as well. Yes, I think those are very good points. Very good points. I feel bad now. Yeah. Uh, this no. is becoming a habit. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it's good to have a difference in opinion. That's what, you know, why would people listen to us otherwise? <laughs> we're all the same <laughs> oh, all the time, you know. It would be a bit boring, wouldn't it? I know, but I know that you're going to start to think I've got some like, you know, I've got some axe to grind with Marvel. It, it's not that. No, it's no, no, no. I thought it was. I thought it was good. Anyway, it's one of my favorite. One of, Black Panther is one of my favorite characters. I have to say, and I know I think Spider Man is probably or Iron Man is probably potentially one of yours. Would you say that's right? Yes, I think so. The very first. And the, now in this film, there could be a potential to have a female Iron Man. There's lots of potential from this film. There's a female Iron Man, there's a female uh, Black Panther, and there's uh, potentially another character that can can come from this as well. So lots, lots to watch this space. Let's see what comes of this. Okay, so shall we move on to the oldie for this week? Which is The Terminator. I'll be back. I'd be back. Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> so, awesome. And he says what that. Like, awesome says that, he says that in another one. Um, anyway, uh, Terminator released in 1984, directed and written by James Cameron, the brilliant James Cameron. And this is his third film that he directed behind Piranha Part 2 and Xenogenesis, which was his directorial debut. So this really is his big directing job, I would say. What's, what's a better way of saying that? I don't know. Anyway, st- starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, The Terminator, Linda Hamilton, who plays Sarah Connor, and you've got Michael Bine, who plays Carl Reese. And you'll find, actually, some of the characters in this film pop up in Aliens in 1986 because uh, you've got the actors that play Hicks, Bishop and Hudson, which is Michael Bine. Bill Paxton, a very young Bill Paxton in this, and Lance Henriksen all feature in this film as well. So James Cameron carried those through to the next film. Anyway, back to The Terminator. It's a cat and mouse film, again, let's just say. It's where Carl Reese, a human soldier from 2029, seven years' time, is sent back to 1984 to stop the indestructible cyborg from executing Sarah Connor, the future mother of the future salvation. And I think possibly this has the best start, the most intriguing start of a film, uh, as we see um, the Terminator 
And also Carl Reese teleported into 1984, completely stark naked. And then they have to go and find some clothes from, from, from some punks and et cetera, et cetera, from a local department store. Uh, and it just leaves you wanting to know <laughs> who, are, who are these people and what do they want? It didn't win any Oscars, but it's certainly very futuristic back in its day. And I do think... The special effects were not as sophisticated as you see today, but I'll leave it there. And Rob, I'd love to get your thoughts. Well, it's interesting you talk about special effects because I I thought there were some scenes in this where the, the special effects fell down, as in like they just showed their age. So the scenes where that was depicting the war in the future, where you've got these kind of dark, apocalyptic landscapes, with lasers being fired down and soldiers running around like there, there were the, the the first particular scene of that it, it i thought it looked ropey to to be fair however when they went I, I think the second time we went back to see some of that i thought it was much improved i thought it i thought it kind of stood up a lot better okay and the there was also some scenes in in this film where Obviously, it's it's a prosthetic head. It's not Arnie's. It's not Arnie's head for some of these scenes. You know, when he's patching up his eye that's been blown out and this kind of stuff. And so, I think those particular scenes, it's really obvious. It's supposed to be seamless, really. Um, clearly, they didn't. They didn't have the ability, maybe back then, to be the well, obviously using CGI, but. But but to actually use Arnie's actual face and put prosthetics over the top or whatever they need to do, clearly they just couldn't do it. But it that's really noticeable to the point where it's it, it really jumps out. But equally, I think it's fair to say that where it really I, I think it holds up quite well are, are the climactic scenes in this where the Terminator is stripped of all of its human tissue and it and we're down to this kind of mechanical AI skeleton that is still just not giving up. And I think that's done incredibly well. I mean, yes, it, you're still aware that it's, it's not perfect. Of course it's not. And it's still, you know, you're kind of aware it's dated, but given the time in which the film was made, I think it's incredible that you still are in, you're still going with it. You know what I mean? You're not taken out yep. of the drama at that particular point in the film by thinking, oh, that looks a bit dodge. I'm suddenly not interested. It didn't, for me, it didn't have that effect at all. So I, I actually thought whilst inevitably there were parts where it fell down and it fell down quite badly in those, those the prosthetic head, as it were, I thought on the whole, special effects, I thought it was pretty, pretty good. It's just such an incredibly simple. Yeah, it, it, I agree. It, 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 like you say, it is completely cat and mouse. That that's what's great about it. It's so simple. Here's a Terminator. He he's not going to give up until she's dead. It, it's as simple as that. Uh, but yeah. but but what they then are able to give us, if you like, as the audience with that character, I, I think is incredible I, and. You know, we we see it played out. We see some of the um, features, let's just say, of the Terminator. I can't remember what model number it is. T two. I can't remember what what the actual the Terminator technically the model number is. But 
like its ability to be able to mimic voices, for example. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that. we see that to much greater effect in the second film, but even though yeah. seeing it in this first film, yeah, there's just something about it which is really quite freaky because we probably haven't, you know, we would you just have you wouldn't have seen anything like this before yeah. in cinema, yeah. and you know the lack of dialogue. I think Arnie does so well to to mimic movements, if you like, of what is something that that's a cyborg. Uh, you know, he does that very well. And, you know, they 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 manage to inject little elements of, of, of humour into it. It is quite... I think it's best that you don't get too dragged into the whole time travel thing because, you. I mean, I found myself... You, you, I think you said you watched... Um, you watch Wakanda Forever with the Harlands, our friend Rich and Ali. Yep. And I actually watched yep. this with Rich. Also watched this one of the this week's films with, uh, okay. with one of the Harlands. And I went down a bit of a, a stupid rabbit hole trying to trying to think. Hang on. So you've got Carl Reese, who is a soldier who is basically, uh, you know, under the command of John Connor in the future. Therefore, you're assuming that John Connor, they never see John Connor, that John Connor's like in the is older than him because he's his like, you know, he's his superior. And yet John Connor chooses him to go back in time. He comes <laughs> back in time. Most people have seen some of it, but if you haven't, what then happens, obviously, has a as I suppose whatever you want to break in the time continuum. What he does when he comes back is necessary for his very existence in the future. I mean, that's very, very kind of vague. I won't talk it. But if you think about it too much, it I kind of thought it almost broke down. But I was talking to Rich about this and I've decided that maybe I was looking into it too much. It's all maybe it's, it's more coincidental than you think. I think it's a coincidence. Yeah, yeah, I think it is coincidental. But if you really, really think about <laughs> it, you think, hang on. Well, then if that's the case, did John Connor know in the future that that was his whatever? Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I thought <laughs> Linda Hamilton was really good. I forgot just how good she is in this. Again, like you think about the strong female characters of the time in cinema, like um, especially in these action roles, Sigourney Weaver, obviously, with Alien. But I think, you know, she's another character, actor, that really brought, you know, that female action figure to the fore. I thought she was great in it. Um I I I have a different opinion. I think okay. she was she was actually wasn't particularly tough in this film. I think she relied on uh, Reese a lot. She's just very good at running in, in this film. Um and you know, I think over the next five movies she gets tougher and tougher as you go through from Judgment Day to Dark Fate. I think Dark Fate she's really But I mean I suppose what I mean is like by the end of the film like the, yeah. the, the 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 closing scenes in the film we start to see her already emerge slowly as a more yes, confident yeah. person that is okay that's preparing you for all yes. these films that are about yeah. to come yeah and to be able to I don't know I just thought there was a real assurance about how she did those last few scenes yeah. that I thought worked really well as, as a kind of a a bookend to to the first film. Mm. Obviously, 
watching the film as an 80s film it's like when you watch any film if you around as we were there are so many things that just raise a smile you know whether it's seeing walkmans or whether it's seeing like yeah, 80s yeah, hairstyles yeah. or whatever um i i i forgot that there was one of the characters in top gun was in this unfortunately he's one of the early victims of the terminator who was the boyfriend of a sarah connor's best friend who who crops up quite early on in the film i i mean i i just thought given like how ludicrous the the story really is they make it so believable through the performances of schwarzenegger and and bein it's it's all done with such conviction it's believable. I mean, even the scenes where Arnie's, you know, you're seeing the world through the eyes of the cyborgs. So you're seeing all, the, all these lines of code uh-huh. appear on the screen. Yeah. I mean, even now, like it's still, you can't help but think it, even, even now you can't help but kind of get drawn into it. The, the, the scenes that the early scene where the Terminator arrives at the nightclub where Sarah yeah. Connor is yeah. and Reese is as well. It's that very first moment that Terminator gets so close to Sarah Connor. That is amazing. And it reminded, it made me realize there's a very similar scene at the, at the beginning of Terminator 2 when the Terminator arrives at the facility where Sarah Connor is and that. I thought that was priceless, that scene. It still holds up so well today. Uh-huh. And yeah, and and then there's, there's, there's other moments that I think are, you know, given the special effects, yes, you can tell it's not amazing, but the scenes where the Terminator is, you know, patches up, uh, yeah, that's patches very memorable. up his, his yeah. arm and you see inside the arm and some of it's better than other bits. And I thought that particular bit was was done pretty well as well. Um, yeah. yeah, I I just, I mean, it's, it's yeah, I, I really, I just loved it. <laughs> I loved watching it. Actually, I, I hadn't, I couldn't remember a lot of the parts actually. I, I don't. I don't know whether I'd watched it all the way through before, but um, yeah, on Sarah Connor, as I said, I, I think she gets tougher as she goes through the films. Whereas Arnie's character, the Terminator, I think he gets weaker through the films and actually starts to have feelings, doesn't he? As well, almost at the in the end in Dark Fate. Um, but he's. Arnie's been acting since his ni- since the 1970, 52 years of acting. His first role, Hercules, you can imagine him being, because he's so strong in that kind of role. But in this film, he wanted to play Reese originally. And um, it was Cameron that thought, nah, actually, I don't want a really sort of strong Reese. I want a slightly weaker, less muscular character to play this but um, Arnie didn't really get going until really 1982 uh, with uh, Conan the Barbarian. And he had 24 lines in that film. <laughs> how many did he have in this film? Can you Do you, do you know how many oh, lines he had? Oh, crikey. I mean, how many lines? I mean, how many did you say he had in Conan? He had about 24, 26 lines in Conan the Barbarian. I can imagine it's... What between ten and twenty in this? Maybe I don't know, maybe less. Fourteen. What? Fourteen lines in this film, and he apparently practiced with guns for about a month before shooting, so he can, you know, got the weight of the guns. Very uh, familiar with that in this film, and then um, on filming, Cameron 
apparently would film without a permit and just rock up with his cameramen on the streets in this film. I wonder what trouble he probably got into for that as well with the production studios. But yeah, you're right. It's fairly simple. Um, I think it gets more sophisticated with technology as time moves on. I think for in its day, it was pretty sophisticated, but we we see those gaps now because we've seen even more, you know, slick um, CG films nowadays. And it, I have to say, it did make me laugh when seeing the unstable cyborg climb up the stairs in the factory at the end as well. I was just thinking he's gonna he's gonna fall over. He has to fall <laughs> over. And so he needs proper shoes. Those 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 cyborg feet are not gonna not gonna hold him up. It just reminded me of number five. Number five is alive in short circuit a little bit and on occasion at the end there, which was very in tune with the eighties theme. And oh. Linda Hamilton's hair, wow, <laughs> and the clothes was sort of it was slightly, slightly Columbo. Uh, the what Carl Reese put on that 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 raincoat, very Columbo style. There was a nice bit of product placement as well, wasn't there? When he was in the he was in the suit, he was in the uh, at the beginning when he was trying to get some clothes together in that warehouse I when he was that. hiding was out the from the police. Oh. What he put on a pair of Nike. Is that one of the very first instances of product I think placement? She had some Nike shoes on as well. Yeah, I they uh, pan to that, yeah. And then uh, the, the soundtrack also didn't I thought I felt the soundtrack was very similar to Top Gun in some respects. It was a different, completely different um soundtrack and composer, but Brad Fidel is the did the soundtrack for this film. Very similar musical instruments that they use, I guess, or digitalized keyboard for the soundtrack, but it's pretty memorable when you, as soon as you start the film, it's yeah, it's, it's the Terminator. I, I, what are you going to rate it then? Um, I think it's one of those things actually. No, I remember when we watched, sorry, I'm going to digress for a little bit here. I remember when we watched um, Casablanca. Yeah. And, I think if you're watching a film that's that's aged, that, that's clearly going to have aged when it comes to effects, do you have to give it a slight pass for the fact that, of course, the technology is not going to hold up? As mm-hmm. in, of course, there are going to be scenes that are going to fl- look flawed. I remember when we were looking at when we reviewed Casablanca and there were some scenes, do you remember, of like a plane coming into land at an airport that, that almost looked like a cardboard cutout? I, I suppose for me... If you're going to score this film based on, oh, that's taken me out of the film because the effects don't hold up, or do you just respect the fact that in the day the effects were amazing, even in those parts now that they don't hold up? That that's what I'm, gonna, I'm not. Really I'm going to sure do about. the latter. I'm going to do the latter. Actually, well, you th- I'm going to have the effects need to were in the day. Yeah. If that's the case, then if we're going to go on that basis, then then I would have to give this a nine out of ten. I prefer films that are more drum have more drama in it. I mean, this is like an out and out sci-fi action suspense thriller, whatever. And I think I do prefer a bit of drama, human character in there. So that's probably the only reason I wouldn't push it higher than that. But yeah, I would give it nine out of ten. There's so much about it that was groundbreaking in its day that still feels so good now. Yeah. I agree, especially when you got the Terminator looking around, it's red and it's all those data that's popping up and everything. I, I really like that as well. But um, I've given it eight and a half out of 10. So similar reasons, exactly the same reasons as you. I just know that the next one I think is better. 
and I'm looking forward to reviewing that when uh, when the time comes. Oh, yeah. It's one of the few sequels, isn't it, that maybe yeah. is better than the original. We will get to T2 at some point because yes. it's on both of our lists. Uh, yes. And I, I, actually, this was going to be T2, but we decided we should watch Terminator <laughs> because we both had sense, Terminators. Right? Yeah, you, exactly. We didn't do that with Die Hard, did we? I think we jumped no, through. No, you're right. T2, but no, but it's good to watch the first one, definitely. Cool, Isn't right. It? So we have chosen a film which is going to be the newbie. Mm-hmm. Uh Poles apart from the Terminator or, or even Black Panther. So this is a a drama called Bones and All, which is out in kind of late November. There's some awards buzz around it. It is starring Timothy Chalamet and Mark Rylance. They're probably the two biggest stars in it. And what I'm reading this off IMDb, Marin, a young woman, learns how to survive on the margins of society. If you want to know more, go have a look. That's going to be our newbie. That's out the yep. cinemas towards the end of the November. And oldies. I'm picking from your list this time. Yeah. We're back to beginning. So we had um, last week was sci-fi, wasn't it? So mm. this week, let's go for comedy. Okay. Right, okay, so I've got... I mean, I must admit, there might well be someone here that I should have deleted by now. Oh, I don't know, actually. Oh, yeah, there's one there. Oh, maybe there's more than one. Anyway, I have 21 on the list. Ooh, let's go for your number one. Number one is Hot Fuzz. <laughs> Hot Fuzz, cool. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. One of the, uh, what they call it, Cornetto's. Cornetto trilogy. trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah trilogy. exactly. This is very memorable, this film, for me, because... All of my children were born at home and this just happened to be the film that was on TV at the time. One of them. Three times, let's stick coppers on. No, but no, this this is, I think, when their mother was in labour with one of our three children and, you know, let's try and distract things, put on the TV Mm -hmm. and this film was on. So, so, so did you watch nice. the Cornetto trilogy with each of your children? No, <laughs> like, no. Just to just watch... to, just to clarify, just this <laughs> just this film. Shaun of uh, the Dead was it? Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead, and then what's it? The something at the end of the world. Is it the pub at the end of the world? Yeah, oh, yeah, I can't yeah. remember what the other one was. Yeah. I haven't seen. I know I have seen that third one. Mm. And then there's but, Paul but this as is well. this is this, and there's Paul. This is actually my well anyway. This is definitely one of my favourites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really and do you know what? On that, yeah, we watched Twilight, <laughs> the Twilight series with R2. Did you really? There you go. <laughs> yeah. maybe, we maybe... actually have contractions at the cinema. Yeah, it was like a bit go. freaky. Maybe, maybe this is this is this is a theme. Yeah. This is yeah. put it out there. What what films are take exactly. you back to? Yeah, to that. Yeah, that dark that dark place. <laughs> It's not a dark place. It's a very happy place. Very happy place, absolutely. Okay, then. There you go, then. So Hot hot Fuzz, where is that? Let's have a look. You're about to tell us, Sarah, but this has got to be available. I'm hoping this is is available on streaming. You're right. It is streaming streaming on Sky, BritBox, and now Cinema. And then you can rent and buy it from all other channels. There you go. And remember, remember, folks... If you decide to rent this off Amazon and when you click on rent, it will always give you the HD price. Remember yeah. to always click on other 
purchases and often you can watch the sd version for mm. a pound cheaper now i'm not saying i know most people will still want to watch the hd version i'm just saying sometimes it's not I, a big deal i did have to buy off sky but i know that they had it on amazon prime the the terminator it was small penny it was like it was two pound 99 it wasn't a huge amount but i found that the second one judgment day is for free on Sky, I think, at the moment. So if you have watched Terminator, there are others afterwards well, that are going for free. You did well then, because I had to buy Terminator. Oh. It was only £7, which still... But I was just hoping... You always expect these days that you can rent it. Because it's so old. So, yeah, it's been a long time <laughs> since I've had to actually buy a film digitally. Yeah. Good. So um, two new films there, which is good. Hot Fuzz is, yeah, I've got I've got images of that coming back, which is quite funny. And uh, yeah, looking forward to Bones and all. Good. Uh, up to much rest of the week? I don't think so. There's quite a lot on TV and out on streaming at the moment that I, that I do want to try and watch. Lots of documentaries mm-hmm. and bits and bobs. But I am ploughing my way through the American office with my son the moment oh, right. which, okay. which is absolutely brilliant so that that tends to take up a lot of my time when i'm watching telly at the moment mm. well i am um, i'm starting to see some christmas movies pop up now so uh we'll have to see what's what's going to come out netflix usually do some really good christmas movies around this time of year so but i still think it's too early yeah you know we're mid to mid november it's too early so i know all the ads are out already aren't they um, yeah Okay, here's a question for you, though, right? This has been a topic of conversation. When do your decorations go up? The 1st of December, of course. Oh, well, you say of course, but you know, you know, you can't (laughs) just say of course because everyone does different things. They do. Yeah, my sister will put them up probably, she's probably got them up now, I would have thought. Well, I would normally normally go mid-December, but I'm tempted this year to go same weekend as you, probably first weekend of December. when is the first of December? It's usually the closest weekend to that. To the be second, and then, I think it's the second or third of December is the first weekend. I think it's all, all yeah, I think right. It's the third so of it'll December. probably be then, yeah. And if it's say it's November, and then the first is usually midweek, we'll get everything set up, but we won't stick lights on until the first of December. We're very religious about that. Well, I think that's fine. I think November's just it just is too early. I don't care yeah. if it's like the last day of November. It's too early. Yeah. And then how long do they stay up? I know, but some people keep them up all year round, don't they? Oh. Like, leave their lights on all year round. Well, it does say... Make, the, they did mean, in COVID times, definitely, to just cheer cheer people up. They, are you talking about people, the outdoor lights or the yeah, indoor Yeah, the outdoor lights. lights. And some people you, you had indoor lights on all year round. Well, what is becoming more popular is to have the kind mm. of fairy light thing going on. Yeah. I, to, to be fair, if it's quite a job to put the out door lights up, yes then yep. i can understand why some people might just turn them mm, off and just I leave do, them i do have a, a moment hand in mouth moment every time my husband goes out and, and puts the the lights on puts the lights up outside the house in case there's, I, an, ac- I, I in case worry, there's an accident yeah, i worry yes <laughs> oh god <laughs> right Fingers okay touch wood that doesn't happen i'm sure it won't so, i'm sure yeah. it won't Right, I'm off to have steak and chips and a glass of oh, red nice. wine. Nice. Well, we had a very naughty McDonald's. Um, oh. Yes, my son came back from football and he wanted a McDonald's, so we all got one. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> not really a Sunday dinner, is it? No, not really. That's all right. 
McDonald's once in a while. Now I want a McDonald's, but I can't. <laughs> you can't even you can't even order. You can't get takeaway McDonald's where we live or where no, I live anyway. Which no. is probably a good thing, right? It is a good thing, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Anyway, we're really are Anyway, enjoy your steak and chips. I will and have a fantastic week and uh, I will see you again in a couple of weeks time. Sounds good. Bye. Thank bye, you very bye, much bye. listeners. Bye. Bye. bye.